Welcome to Keeping It Real, where we talk business, money, and mindset. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome to the Keeping It Real podcast, yeah. I should say. Yo, <laughs> I got my roommate Josh here today, okay? So just going to get straight into it. Quick update. So I actually live in Miami now for a bit. And Josh here is one of my roommates, but he also does a lot of business. And we got connected two years ago through our friend Batim. And now we are in Miami together living, both from Toronto, both just trying to make it, you know what I'm saying? But yeah, we got Josh here today. Go ahead and introduce yourself and just let the people know like what you do, you know, what are the main things you do, who you are, your story. Go for it, bro. You can so no sure. interruption. Toronto boys here in America making it happen. Land of the free. Land of the free, bro. Land of the free. <laughs> I go by the name of BNB Josh. I do Airbnb and rental arbitrage. So we focus on vacation rental homes now nationwide. I started out in New York where I was living for about eight years. Ended up going there on a soccer scholarship. So I first ended up here in America. Ended up moving down to Manhattan where I was working a corporate position as an account executive for one of the largest staffing agencies. And from then, I ended up jumping into nightlife and connecting with a lot of different people. That was the reason why I got into nightlife life was for networking purposes in Manhattan and then just started messing around with a lot of people that were in the entrepreneurial space. Ended up meeting one of my partners that started his Airbnb business about five years prior to me meeting him. And we just started chopping it up and I've always been interested in real estate. So after getting my first property, I believe he was telling me that with one property, you can make close to about 100K a year. Jeez. I am bloom at the time. And I'll never forget that first property I got in November. I profited 6K a month and I did absolutely nothing. It wasn't really like that much time and effort. Right. More so dealing with a lot of, you know, the check-ins. But between that and my club and my salary, I was kind of weighing the option. I'm like, I really don't need to be working a nine to five anymore. It was taking up a lot of my personal time and constricting me from traveling, which is one of the biggest things that I enjoy doing and why I love this business too, because the more I travel, the better my business actually gets. So I made the decision to jump out of that and just go full on with the Airbnb business. And since that time, um, have grown it to Toronto, to Calgary, which is on the West Coast of Canada, now here in Miami, to Rome, to Volcano, which is the southern part of Italy off the coast of Sicily, and now working on a development project in Bali, Indonesia, which we're very excited about. It's a little resort with about seven villas that are like your typical Bali bamboo huts that you see all over Instagram. And we're going to make that very, very Instagrammable. So Airbnb has really been a great business for me. And it's an exciting thing that it opened up a lot of different doors too. Right. That's awesome, bro. I guess expanding on Airbnb, I would love for you to kind of touch more on like what is it that you do because i feel like people know airbnb but just kind of go in depth because when i first learned what you were doing or learned more about the different stuff of airbnb i was pretty blown and i was learning a lot just seeing what you were doing in toronto so i'd love for you to explain more about airbnb to the people out there sure so a lot of the times people seem to think that I work for Airbnb and it's really not the case. It's like if people are in dropshipping or if they're in Amazon FBA or whatever that is, you don't essentially work for Amazon. So Airbnb is one of the platforms that I use. I use over 200 vacation rental platforms. So if you go on Hotels Tonight or Hotels.com or Travago, whatever travel site you're looking at, my properties are on there. And that's essentially what we do. Now, Airbnb is the biggest because it's branded really well and it's one of our strongest platforms. But essentially what I do with Airbnb Airbnb is, there's a multitude of different things. Now I started with rental arbitrage. Now what that is, is you'll rent a property from an owner. There's two ways of doing it. Sometimes 
they will not allow you to sublet it. And then there's other times where you speak to them and you could pay them a little bit more and get the blessing to sublet it. There's both ways of doing it and there's risk in both. I never advise anybody to do it where you don't let the landlord know. All my properties have always been up front with them. And some of the times, depending on what you're doing, if you're doing with houses, maybe they have one or they have a, a couple. But if you get lucky and you find an apartment building, like what I did in New York, they gave me the blessing to their entire inventory. And that's when things really can scale up. You know, everything all in one central location makes it easier for all your operations. So there's that way. That's one example of how you can do this business. And honestly, the upfront costs aren't as expensive as everyone really thinks because it's essentially depending on the deal that you work out with the landlord can really be first, last and security, right? Again, you're paying first month, you're paying last month. So that's actually working capital already. Security, if you don't destroy the place, you get that back. So really you're at zero right there. Your real investment when it comes to this is your furniture because then you got to furnish the place. Now, if you get it furnished already, then you're really in the green, but your furniture is your real investment. So let's just say you get a three bedroom apartment, for example, and you want to spend $7,000 on furniture. You could expect to make that back in two months. Now, it takes a little while for you to get going, obviously the first, second month. So you get your profile built up. But as you continue moving forward, that money comes back very quickly. So that's essentially the business that I'm in. And then obviously, as you start to get more experience, you can start working with homeowners themselves and present yourself as a property management company, which is what we do now. And that's zero capital. So I I really don't have to put up a penny in that situation, but you need to go through a lot of different things. You really have to get your hands dirty in this business for sure. And then, you know, once you build up your portfolio and you're able to present yourself as a company to these homeowners, you can get it where they trust you with their, one of their biggest investments. I mean, these are homes, so they are very big investments. So that aspect of it as well. Right. I want to talk about two things. You know, first is doing Airbnb in New York, where it's probably one of the hardest places on earth to do Airbnb. Yep. And second, like you moving from there and like your mindset of expanding just even worldwide or like the Bali project. So I guess first we can talk about the New York sure. and then I want you to talk more about the Bali project because I think that is really, really interesting and cool. Sure, sure. So I think a lot of your audience and correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of them would be in like, e-commerce. Yeah, correct? e-commerce, young entrepreneurs. So to really speak to it that way, Facebook ads, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people can understand with certain products, Facebook will shut you down right? and you kind of need to be really smart that way with how you market your stuff. Right. It's similar on the Airbnb side where we really go back and forth with the city now are we doing really anything wrong and illegal? Fuck no. I mean, it's people getting pissed off because you're coming into their neighborhoods and maybe disturbing their peace, but we're not essentially doing anything that robbing people, murdering people, doing anything that. So there's restrictions based off of city guidelines, based off of keeping the world happy. So in New York, it's actually illegal to Airbnb in New York, a single family home, unless you have a brownstone, which those go for anywhere from three to like tens of millions of dollars. So, and you actually have to live in it, right? So what we had done in New York was I sat down with a building owner and they gave us the blessing that we could Airbnb with them knowing that, you know, we were up against a risk. Now, the way we had done it is we did not list the entire apartments as in, like you can't rent the entire apartment. And the reason why that spoke to the New York market is because a lot of tourists that come to New York, it's already an expensive trip and no one really stays at home. It's not like Miami where you're going to come here and you're going to go and throw a big mansion party and lay out right. by the New York is just a place for a bed to sleep. So what we had done, and that's actually kept us within the regulations is we actually rented out private rooms. Mm-hmm. 
So there was a lot of tours that, you know, you can save some money and you can rent out each room separately. So we had, I think at one point over like 70 rooms under management. All of them weren't under myself, but for our entire team. Wow. Yeah. I had, I believe, 22. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. And and when it gets to that point, it's a lot of different messaging. Right. Right. A lot of communication. A lot of communication and people needing this and that. And that's where you kind of start pulling your hair. But again, that is... Like we're kind of bringing it back to the Facebook ads. You kind of need to work the system where it plays in your favor. Now, like I said, we're not doing anything wrong, but we are playing within the guidelines. God forbid something does happen. Yes, we're renting out each room. And then, I mean, nothing did happen. But for example, if something did happen, we were protected to say like, okay, we're staying in one room and I'm renting out the other two rooms. And in that case, you're perfectly fine. Oh, wow. That's pretty awesome. Actually, before the Bali thing, I kind of even want to talk about what you just talked about is, you know, like the obstacle with scale. But not only that, like your transition from working corporate or nine to five job to like you just doing what you want to do, which is Airbnb and just like being more independent. Mm -hmm. Because I think that's very interesting because I know a lot of people listening, not all of them are entrepreneurs. You know, some are are still working jobs and some do want to transition from working a job to being entrepreneur doing something on their own. Mm -hmm. What was that transition like for you? Even like before the thought of quitting the job and all that, like I just kind of want you to run down that because I think that would be very interesting. I'm corporate to like on. I'll never forget because I went to an event actually here in Miami. It was Brian Ferrer. Uh, dream oh, yeah. masterminds event and i'll never forget because i had one of the vps that was coming to meet me on the monday and i was here i, I think i took off friday or thursday or something like that, and i flew down and i was here with everybody because i was part of wake up wealthy so we had like a big wake up wealthy meet for this dream masterminds event mm-hmm. and i remember the sunday when i was flying back to new york was the yacht party right. and I could not go because I couldn't miss my flight because I had to be back to work on Monday morning. Right. And there was all my friends that were able to fucking be on this yacht. And I'd never been on a yacht at that time in my life. So I was like, damn, like I'm going to miss. And that's where really all the networking happened, to be completely honest. I mean, we were in and out talking to different people, but it all really came together on the yacht because of the VIP yacht party. And I'll never forget it. I couldn't go on that because of that flight. And I could not miss it because I would have gotten in trouble from work. So from that moment on, I was like, you know what? Like everyone kind of gets to do what they want to do. They get to, you know, they can do something on a Monday, do something on a Tuesday. And from then, once the Airbnb business started to really pick up, that was when I made the decision. I never forget when I did not have my corporate job anymore. I just was like, I have all this time, like right in the beginning, because there was so much to do, but I I could get up when I want. I could go somewhere and not be in New York if I didn't want to. Obviously, you start developing that discipline because then the business starts to get really, really busy. Right. But initially, once I cut my ties with Akara, that was just, I I remember it was the most amazing feeling because it was like, what do I want to do today? Wow. That's actually crazy. Like going from doing like all this work and Mm. then now. It's like a slave, man. Yeah. And again, I mean, it is is money that you're getting, but at the end of the day, it's just money. Like, fuck. Right. I mean, we do it all for the money at the end of the day, but you got to enjoy it too. Right. You know, being able to travel is one of them, you know, like like you said, like, I think that's crazy. And wow, the the yacht thing, that's actually so crazy, Uh, bro. Wow. Damn, bro. (laughs) Well, what were the first like obstacles you had when just going like independent, I guess, you know, just like doing work on your own? Did you run into any obstacles? Yeah, of course. Because I was so used to knowing that you were going to get X amount every month. So for whatever reason, I didn't want to go to the club where I wasn't promoting them. 
that weekend or for whatever reason the airbnbs whatever there was constant so it's basically at this point you're really in control of your entire finances you're the owner of your own business you have to control everything right now at that point i mean it was to the point that if one thing was going down the other one would pick it back up for example when i say that like if my netlife stuff was down airbnb was still supplementing it but it was I guess my understanding of leaving that corporate job is nothing was secured anymore. Right. That was secure. That was, you came in, that was, you you know, you work on the CRM system, you call outbound leads, that, everything was structured there. So now that I'm doing it on my own, I have to really just structure everything. You can make more because there I can only make so much plus commission. Here you can make more, but... You had to structure everything. And that was like a really good learning lesson. I was lucky enough to see how these big organizations done it. So I was able to transfer that over. But definitely one of the biggest things is like structuring your own life. Right. Yeah. Wow. That's Mm -hmm. actually crazy, bro. Mm-hmm. For the first couple of months, what were you doing? Like when you just had all these, like weekend, were you actually like weeks still waking up actually, all the time? Or? I went straight to LA for my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was crazy. We ended up getting stuck in an airport, and then we missed a private jet from. Oh no! Oh, <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> I was so pissed that day. Conrad and Mikey could have taken it, but they were like, because it was my birthday too. So that was the first trip, and I think we might have went somewhere in February. But I remember that year, every single month we went to a different city, and that's when I was like, all right, I like I shit. love this shit. Right, right. And then the following year, it was almost every month a different country, but we definitely did like one trip a month. And even, I mean, if it wasn't for this COVID shit, it would be. We would be doing We the actually same. started the year. The yeah. Only trip, like to Colombia. Holy shit. Yeah. Yep. Like that's actually like a normal thing. And I guess that's to even touch on the point of what you said. You know, I was like, yo, you're getting at a job, you're getting paid is secure, but like the freedom aspect, you know? Correct. It's like such a big part is like, it, it sucks saying no when your friend said, yo, let's go somewhere and you really want to go. Yeah. It's like, it's a different feeling. And I think now more than ever, like in our generation, because our parents and shit like that didn't have the capabilities to work remotely. Right. Like there's very few things that you can do to do that. And now, I mean, those jobs will always be there. You could build up your resume, you can freelance, you could do all this stuff. And at some point, if you have a family and you just want something secure, if you can't whatever do what you're doing as an entrepreneur and want to go back, that'll be there for you. Right. You know what I mean? So like now I think it's just the most important thing to just enjoy this shit while you can. Because when you have a family, when you have a wife, all that shit kind of, yeah. it slows down. It, with this whole 5G thing that I think is going to change a lot of stuff, especially for New York, because a lot of people can work remotely. It's time to take advantage of that shit. It changes you as a person too. You, that's not even like just bouncing around. It help you grow because you get oh, vulnerable. Unreal growth. And I guess a perfect segue to Bali, right? The funny thing is like when he left Bali was like the day I came into <laughs> Bali, which is pretty crazy. But I kind of want you to touch on your trip to Bali and what made you guys want to say, you know what, we're going to expand to Bali and yep. just the progress on that. That is like a really, really cool thing for me. It's like, you know, just seeing you guys build out all these villas and like get working on the stuff down there while you guys are here and then, you know, making that happen. So it's like, talk yeah. about like how that came about and the process so far. That's been, I think, one of the most like enticing things I think I've done thus far because we ended up in Bali and just really enjoyed it. And it really spoke to why I love this business so much because my goal with what we're doing is to have property in every single continent. We're almost there, but the vision is to have property in every single continent before we wrap everything up. So we went to Bali and just 
I mean, it was peace. It was just pure peace. Anyone that's been to Bali can speak on that too. And it's just an amazing feeling when you're there and you just don't really have a care in the world other than what's in the moment type shit. Ride your bikes, go eat breakfast, bro. (laughs) Dasi goreng and fucking serve. So when we were there, we were just like, you know, like we can definitely do this. We started getting in touch with the locals. Funny enough, my partner had one of his first ever guests in Airbnb when he started his business was Indonesian. And she lived in America. Yeah, she was actually on Shark Tank too with one of her business ideas. And we hit her up and we're like, hey, like, you know, we want to invest here, but we can't because that was one of the hurdles that we were coming across is because we're not from Indonesia, we actually can't buy land. So she was able to purchase the land. We gave her the capital and then we started working on the designs on how we wanted to build the structure of everything. So then that starts to come together. And I mean, we get daily updates, which is crazy. I mean, these guys are moving super fast. Yeah. So what do you think is going to be done? I think we're going to head there in December to do final touches, but I think all in all it would be done in February. Wow. Yeah. Like I'm talking like, and we have a full staff. That's with the kitchen, with the, right. the yoga studio, everything. How's the, how's the Airbnb laws or whatever in Bali and Couch? Good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sure. yeah. They love it. Yeah. I mean, tourism, tourism saves them, right? So yeah. But the crazy shit, you know what's crazy is we have to pay the local mafia. Yeah. Yeah. We have to give money to the mafia in fucking Bali so that they wouldn't fuck with the villas. I, I kid you not. Yes. It was like they taxed us, bro. That was crazy. <laughs> bro, this, was, this is actually hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Anybody knows this. Anywhere you stayed, right. they're getting taxed. They, like, the everyone mafia. has their own little mafia in there. I don't even know if they have guns over there. They come over with sticks and shit, but whatever. <laughs> come here with sticks and shit. <laughs> Some fucking farmers, bro. Yeah. I love this shit. <laughs> nah, I love Bali. You don't know disrespect to no people from Bali that truly love that place. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I'm excited to just, you know, see. And, you know, you guys can definitely go follow him on at BNB. Josh is just, you know, he's posting updates here and there. Mm-hmm. But even just check him out if you guys want to see more about BNB. But let's talk about networking. I feel like you're one of the best networkers I know. And I, I know you talk that. a lot Thank about, oh, for sure, bro. And it is true. And you talk a lot about, like, leveraging the nightlife for networking, which is completely different than a lot of people. You know, a lot of people, mm-hmm. they go to the nightlife, they just spend a lot of money and get nothing out of it, a lot of regrets. But I feel like you've kind of used it to benefit fit you mm-hmm. kind of want to hear more about that just the networking aspect of it and how it has actually benefited the other areas of your life and your businesses sure yeah i think where it all jumped off from was honestly in new york because when i was there in the corporate you, you job know, you should even say the story of how you started like being a promoter and everything that whole thing? Very, it's very interesting too yeah, yeah so it all really stemmed around networking mm-hmm. when i was in that corporate job i was the only account executive for the office so i was responsible for actually building up this manhattan branch this is like a building dollar company mm-hmm. and they tasked me with doing that which was amazing and i loved it so i was the most active ae in the american side of the company mm-hmm. in terms of networking because we had like all of our we had like a point system for all the things that we did i would go to three to four networking events a week because i don't have a family and kids to go home to so i'm like yo let me just go to every freaking networking event that's out here in new york right. and just meet new people and see different things and i advise that to anybody because there was so much random shit that i ended up learning like i ended up fucking around with bitcoin when this was like before oh, the boom that was going up all these guys i would go to these bitcoin events because some of these guys had companies that were doing they needed staffing and ramping up and that was the beauty of what my company did is i can literally work with any industry it's not like right. i can work with just tech or i can work with manufacturing i can work with literally anybody so i can meet anybody mm-hmm. so i'd go to every networking event and it was just so much things that 
were useful later on in life. You meet a lot of different people that you run into in different venues, different events, and that networking, that showing face and that knowledge that you get. Even like, for example, the Bitcoin stuff, right? Let's just say I go and meet someone that I want to do real estate with and he's the Bitcoin phenomenon, right? right? And I would like him as a client, as an investor for my property. I know enough about Bitcoin because of this few events that I had gone to because I was running around with these people that I can actually have an intelligent conversation with them about Bitcoin. I'm not big into crypto and stuff, but what else was I doing that day? You know what I mean? Right. So like if you're just sitting around and stuff like that, like find a fucking networking event. That is easily the biggest thing that saved me with a lot of like different connections. And it'll get you into a lot of different doors too. Moving it a step forward, I was like, okay, there's not many networking events on the weekend. What the fuck am I going to do on the weekend? Boom, nightclubs. So my roommate at the time, she would go out with a lot of these promoters and she's like, Josh, you should do it. Like, you know, you love it, blah, blah, blah. You know, we go for free. I'm like, nothing's free. Like, fucking New York. So she brought me out with them and she helped me a lot because she went to NYU and she had like a bunch of girls that she would go with. So when they brought me, the promoter at the table was like, all right, like, this is one dude with like all these girls coming over. So it was a good introduction. Then went another time. Then another time. And the third time I was like, hey, like, is there anything that I can do to help you guys with doing this? And obviously, because we've been coming with such a big group, he gave me an opportunity, which is amazing. Right. So wow. then, yeah, we would all the back end stuff that goes with that. But my initial thought process was, okay, Friday and Saturday, I didn't do it during the week. I just did it Friday and Saturday. I can meet people that own big businesses. These are the guys that essentially are in the clubs and spending all this kind of money. Not the case. Like none of these like Fortune 100 company executives are in there. But there was a lot of people because even the people that are spending a lot of money because these tables start at about fifteen hundred dollars. Right. So if you're spending fifteen hundred, like they're in this different is New York, you know? This is New York. This is New York. Yeah. So if these guys are spending, like I want to know what you do. You know what I mean? So it would be like, all right, you have the table beside me. Like we start chopping it up, talking, yada yada. And it's even how I got into the Airbnb business. Right. He was a client, right? And we started talking. We became good friends. And I mean, it was an like an incredible networking experience. Move it beyond. Now when I have people that want to go out. I have access that I can bring them in, show them a good time. So if I have a client that for whatever reason wants to, I mean, I'm in the hospitality business already. So now this comes full circle, but at the time it didn't, but now it's all full circle. Cause when I have people that come to my Airbnbs, look how this thing that did nothing for me when I was in an account executive job has spiraled into my business now because of that big network I built from or right. that name I built for myself in New York. Now that I'm here in Miami, I show up to the club. They know who I am from New York and boom. I'm already plugged in in the nightlife here. Right. And I've sent, I mean, since I've been in Miami, I've sent so many people to Miami, so many people to Vegas. I mean, even in Bali, I walked into Omnia, like we get our own table, like right. all of it kind of, when you're in that scene, it kind of, you know, everyone kind of knows each other. So now that I'm here in Miami, someone wants to book my house for whatever, and they want to go and, you know, enjoy Miami. Now I bring them to the club and I make a couple thousand there because they're spending all this money at the club. Right. So it's all full circle. And the thing is, is it's going back to like do things because it didn't for me at the time but it did something for me later on right i mean that's how we met you went to the what the random or not a random you went to a networking event yeah and then we like just met through that type thing you know now we live together yeah which was just crazy exactly yeah we met him <laughs> yeah <laughs> shout out the team bro shout out the team wow that's crazy how it all works out but yeah thank you for all the tips bro i think these are some amazing tips just on networking and i think if anyone listening they should really like I mean, I know it's harder with COVID now, but even with Instagram, I feel like you can even meet a lot of people on Instagram and just like do something on that end too. Like, sure. Network with people on Instagram or whatever. Or yeah. if, if your shit's open, you know, go on to networking events, just putting yourself out there. Even on the networking side, right? Because I think that's sometimes what shies people away from networking is like, what do I have to offer, right? Right. 
And a lot of people that are probably listening, they definitely have something to offer, but maybe it's not essential to whatever networking event they're at. My tip, and again, it's not go be a, a nightlife promoter, go do something like, I'm saying to go be a nightlife promoter, but I'm going to say what I did, right? right? If I was in a different room, like if I was in like a room where they didn't essentially need staffing, I had a backup because I had, everyone still wants to go. Everyone still wants to enjoy like the night out. So I was, that essentially tied into my networking abilities too, because now I have access to something that people want, right? right? So it's always good to have like focus on definitely your main business. Even have like a friend that has access to certain things or whatever the cases because access really is i mean it's what we all want right i can just speak on how that helped me for sure and that's very very important and then you can start talking business and all this extra stuff there. yeah like you're saying you never know when it will help you right Correct. Like you said you didn't know those networking events that you went to back in the days like hey, out now. yeah now here you are let's talk more about i feel like even like work mm-hmm. and like obstacles and just just more along like work ethic and stuff like that. I feel like someone like you, you have a crazy work ethic and mm-hmm. I see you every day here just fucking hustling. Just talk more about that. Like, I guess, were you always like that? Was it like, oh shit, now you got shit going, now you got good? Because I know like you to be a person that's always on the move. You know what I mean? Sure. Again, because for me, it all depends on where you are in life and what you want to do in life, right? So like, sometimes I envy those people that essentially can go to work and then go home and kick it with the boys. That's dope. Like, I have nothing against that. The way I guess I was trained from, I've played soccer my whole life. So that's how I came, like I said, how I came to America. So I've always been working. Like I've always been at training or games or just like constant practices. In college, I think that's where it really started off because not only did you have practice every single day and then a game, we had one day a week that was off. So we had one day where you had to like legally give the team a fucking break. (laughs) So I had my soccer. So that took up my time. Then I had school because I had to go to classes and work around my soccer schedule. Then you obviously have to do like a physio and go back to for treatment. Then I had a job. I had a part-time job where I was working 20 hours a week. Oh, so I like, and I did this for four years. So I had pretty much like a soccer job at mm-hmm. my school. And then I had an actual part-time job and I had a girlfriend too. So like, there's a lot of like, I really learned how to manage my time and maximize my time. Okay. So for that, I mean, that's, like for me I'm always on the go and I find you're more productive that way too I think it's good to be systemized for sure because or else everything's just gonna get really chaotic right but again like I said like it all goes towards like for me like how I was saying like there's people that like to you know work and then kick it with the boys and that's gonna get you so far right right? that'll make you work to probably your seven. now if you can cut that time it depends on what you want to do but right now I have no wife I have no girlfriend I don't want one I have no kids I would rather maximize everything and then hold on continue reinvesting everything especially into real estate so that if you could put all the effort in now in my 20s where I have the energy and I have the time to do it and this shit's fun as fuck too like it's not even like it's boring like it's fun you can retire by 40 years old right it depends you gotta gotta set a budget as if okay if I and I would advise anybody to do this if I retire at 40 years old and I expect to live till 80 that means 40 years how much do i need to make by 40 years old so that each year let's just say i want 200k to live off of each year right that means you don't even have to work you could just sit and invest and play around with different things but if you make enough money by 40 years old let's just say that number is eight million dollars by 40 that means you can literally enjoy the rest of your fucking life with your family right why not make what even if it doesn't work out why not make that 
sacrifice. Right. And even then, it's like like you said, even when you were network doing the networking events, and you're like, I wasn't doing anything better. Like you weren't doing anything better anyway. You know, exactly. Instead of just sitting in your apartment doing nothing. Exactly. What would you say are some of like the biggest obstacles or some obstacles you run into in the Airbnb business? The biggest one, for sure, is city regulations. Oh yeah, that's the biggest one because the guest communication that I can control and that we have amazing. We have one of the best customer services. Where you can look at the reviews and just how we interact with people. Even people, like perfect example, my cleaners screwed me one day. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like, uh, like a week ago, Miami Springs there. Right. Car broke down. She couldn't make it to clean the house. This house was dirty because there was a party before and we had a check-in. This is how good we are when it comes to the customer service because the majority of people, when they spend this kind of money to go to an Airbnb, you expect it to be clean and you expect it to be ready for you. The house is completely trashed. The guest shows up. The trash is everywhere. I'm rushing over there because the, guest, the cleaner called me like last minute, like franticking. And then I helped her. She ended up cleaning the place, ended up setting up her party and left like an amazing five-star review because of how we handled the situation. Right. So it's kind of like sidetracked, but I'm saying there's certain variables right, in this right. business that I can control. People, no problem, right? We're obviously going to make that run. But the biggest obstacles I would say would be like compliance with city regulations because like I said from the beginning, we're not really doing anything wrong. It's just there's a lot of different people coming into certain neighborhoods and sometimes people like depending on where you go, sometimes people want their peace and they just want like, you know, they want right. a party house next door. Right. Right. That is true. That is yeah. true. Wow. That's just a story though. That was like, No, that's a good story. Even, you know, turning negative yeah. into a positive thing and how you, how you handled it. Where do you see like the future of Airbnb and, uh, you know, more like, I guess, all these other sites like Airbnb uh-huh. and like, how are you going to move according, like, accordingly to that? Or what's your plan for the future? Like first, I guess, where you see it going and what do you plan on doing tomorrow? Then? Personally, just after looking on the research, like I said, I think, and I'm anticipating this to grow even bigger. Reason being is millennials rent. Millennials like right now us, right? Once this stuff, now that we have everything that's online, right? why not live in Malaysia for a month? Right? Why not <laughs> oh, live shit. in the Philippines for three weeks? Why not live in Brazil? Like we could do that shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. What's holding you back? That's how, like it's getting normal. Like slowly, slowly, I guess as the age goes, because everybody, I mean, you know, even the people listening, you guys know, like I was able to move from like, Toronto to Miami without like, you know, a problem. snap of a finger. You without came here a, as a vacation. Yeah. And without a problem, you know? So it's like, that's actually true. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely see it growing everywhere. And for you, what's like the future for you in the Airbnb business? What do you just plan on doing more, like you said, more properties all around the world, more continents and stuff? Yeah, every property. We want to get to the point where my vision for what we're going to do is I want to be the pioneer in the sustainable energy home space. So mm. basically, because Airbnb is, people book Airbnbs because you can get dope ass groups. Right, 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 right. Like staying in like a condo Airbnb or even like an apartment Airbnb that's similar to a hotel, there's nothing really different. The only difference there is the value exchange where it's price. Right. So, all right, I'll stay in this apartment building that's $99 a night versus that hotel that's $300 a night. But people will go spend $1,000 to $4,000 a night for a dope ass house that they couldn't essentially get anywhere else right right so take it a step further my vision is to make the introductory to sustainable energy homes where a lot of people don't really understand what it's like to live in a solar energy home right Mm -hmm. or even a sustainable it doesn't have to be solar it could be hydro whatever the whatever type of sustainable renewables that is going on i want to be because you can book the place you can see how it is it's obviously architecturally designed it's modern and you can see that there's really no difference inside the home show facts of obviously how much we save in our electricity, how much it costs to do this, like have it really introductory. So people will book the home. It's like almost like renting a Tesla because you've never been in a Tesla before you want to see right, what it's like, right? right? right, right. 
Okay. This is essentially on your vacation. You can do it with the homes. Then take that business. I hope no one runs with this idea. Introduce it to Airbnb as Airbnb Green because Airbnb has just introduced Airbnb Lux. Right. right. And Lux is just these extraordinary homes. Amazing cribs. Yeah. And Airbnb is buying up companies. So our vision with that is to be bought out by a bigger organization and then continue being one of the first in that pioneer space and introducing it to more people and getting involved in that. For sure, man. That's awesome to hear, bro. And I guess it's a perfect way to wrap up the podcast. Before we go, you want to mention your social medias and everything? Yeah. So always open to working with new individuals. If you have any questions regarding vacation rentals, again, it's easy to say Airbnb, but realistically it is vacation rentals. If you have any questions, looking to get started, want to partner up together, reach out to me on Instagram at BNB Josh. I'm happy to answer any questions. Let me know that you listen to PJ's podcast and we'll chop it up from there. Yeah, for sure. And if you guys are ever in Miami, if you guys need a place to stay, hit them up. You know, we got some amazing, amazing rentals. But yeah, thank you for again for being on this, bro. It's been awesome. I think people got a lot out of it. I feel like a lot of people were unaware of this business model. We're not aware of a lot of things. Mm -hmm. I feel like you cleared it up and it's just nice. And we'll definitely have to do a part two when it's time to do part two Bali. Part two Bali. Yo, we might have to do that. Thank you again so much for listening, guys. Hope you guys have a great day. See you guys in the next episode. Bye-bye. That is it for this episode of Keeping It Real, everybody. And if you guys did enjoy this episode, I just ask for a small favor, and that is to share this with someone that you know would benefit from this podcast, as I really want to grow this community and this podcast through word of mouth, right? From you guys sharing it or telling someone to mess with this podcast or listen to this podcast or posting us on Instagram. And by the way, guys, if you do post us on Instagram, please use the hashtag Keeping It Real and tag me at SplashmanPB just so I can, you know, stay connected with the family and interact with some of you guys. But yeah, like I said, if you guys want to keep in touch with me, my Instagram is at SplashmanPB. If you guys want to check out my YouTube where I drop amazing content and amazing value as well, you know, just search my name, Rikshit Busnet, and my channel will appear. But anyways, guys, hope you guys enjoyed today's episode and I will see you in the next one. Bye-bye.